welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women in Soul Care series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. Who is the renegade woman? She is the woman who behaves in an unconventional manner. She is the woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion to overcoming, to serving, and to bettering the world in any other number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern-day necessity. The care of the soul was and is central to our spiritual life. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters because soul neglect happens, soul deprivation is real, And caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. The following is a beautiful quote from Ken Geyer. He says, The soul, though at all times hidden, is at all times revealed, expressing itself through everything we say and do. Through the ordinary brushstrokes of everyday life, a portrait of our soul is being painted. Such an eloquent expression. In the process of being renegade women and caring for our souls, we must remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. Welcome to Renegade Women and Soul Care podcast. Today, my guest is Anne-Marie Thrives, and she is a renegade woman. Here's a little bit from her bio. For over 40 years, she has been empowering women and entrepreneurs towards confidence, well-being, and purpose by helping them from the inside out, bringing understanding of who they are created to be from deep within, which brings courage and strength to accomplish their purpose. Having suffered spinal and traumatic brain injuries, one of her life's quests was to learn how brain functions affect our body, behaviors, and our lives. Struggling to find ways to engage in life without pain but with purpose was her priority. Her journey of self-awareness fostered wholeness and well-being. The implication of this knowledge helped her individually and as an entrepreneur. Her desire is to share what she has learned with others and help them to gain confidence, competence, and wholeness in their minds to thrive, not survive, in every extension of their life. Wow. Anne-Marie, welcome to Renegade Women in Soul Care. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Yes, I'm grateful to have you. And we've embarked on a really super incredible special journey. And I'm just going to jump into the first question about how we met, which is on this special journey, uh, which is a book project that we are working on together. It's called A Kingdom Word Now. It's a devotional. There are 30 different days for devotional reading, and Anne-Marie and I are both authors in this book and on this amazing project. So that's how we met. Yes. Yes. Super, super exciting. Is there anything that you'd like the listeners to know that wasn't in your bio, Anne-Marie? No, I think I covered everything in there. Okay, super. Thank you. Thank you. And why would why would you consider yourself a renegade woman? Well, I grew up in a neat household that loved God and served him, but more out of law than out of love. So I was taught that I couldn't go straight to Jesus and I didn't believe that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I felt him from a very young age deep in my heart. Mm. I've always felt that there was something more and I was confused and I just wanted the truth. So one day I went to church when no one was there and I just sat there asking the crucifix that was hanging from the church ceiling. It was suspended at that church. It was a beautiful, beautiful church. And uh, I just kept asking him. I looked up and I was like, I just want the truth. I want the truth because I was confused as to what the truth was because I was hearing different things from different people and I wanted to do things differently. So that work right there was cause for being called renegade in my family. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Wow. And about how old were you? At that time I was in my early twenties. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Twenties. Yes. 
definitely a renegade move. I congratulate you. Thank you. (laughs) It's tough. It's tough to do those things. um, I think it was, you know, I just was reminded that it was just after I was able to walk from my accident. And because I was, I I had a rollover, my car just decided it didn't want to be on the road anymore. And (laughs) yeah. So anyway, I was uh, paralyzed for a a good while and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, getting myself back together and walking and like that. And, uh, and through that time, it was just a, a time of soul searching and just getting a lot of different stories as to, you know, ways to approach God, who can approach God, who can't, who can read the word, who can't, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's amazing how we meet God, how God meets us, where we are in the midst of trial, tribulation, turbulence, fear, health crises, all of those things. And he ushers us along. It's phenomenal. Thank you for sharing that. What would you consider to be your most significant accomplishment? Well, I have several businesses and I've led many other people to experience fruitful lives. Um, I've helped women feel beautiful on special occasions or in everyday life through my cosmetology and my self-care skills. (laughs) And I've also helped others achieve their dreams. And I consider myself to be successful and to be a successful and a adventurous entrepreneur. These milestones happened with coaching and leading skills that I currently teach in my business. And um gotta say though that my biggest accomplishments are the relationships that I have with my friends and my family. And beyond that, my number one relationship is the one that I have with Jesus. I would not have peace, victory, or abundance in my life that I enjoy now without him. Yes, yes, most definitely. And as you as you were saying all of those things about your the entrepreneurial spirit that you have and the success that you've had in different businesses and everything and helping people and encouraging them and uplifting them and making them feel beautiful and teaching them how to make themselves feel beautiful and all of that stuff. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, she's a change maker." So, I just wanted to say that you're a change maker. Yes. Yeah. So that, that is super, super awesome. And that change, you know, with the cosmetology, there's different ways that change happens. You know, sometimes it definitely has to happen on the inside, but sometimes we can help ourselves. You know, (laughs) I know this is like a weird reference, but the fir- I, t- I taught a Bible class uh, quite a few years ago. And one of the first things that Jezebel did when she found out that Ahab was killed or had died, right, was she went and put makeup on. And then she got she- beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yep. So at least she was, you know, on the outside. So sometimes a slapping on a little lipstick can kind of perk you up and get your mind to start moving in a direction that that creates, you know, positive serotonin and that type of thing. So absolutely the body follows. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. And I, I don't think there's anything odd or anything about that statement. And part of the reason why is because I uh, founded an image consulting firm and had my own line of cosmetics and, you know, taught classes and all of that stuff. I didn't go to cosmetology school, but I learned how to design clothes and and accessories and match your accessories with your shoes and have them painted, just all this stuff. But it's a game changer. And, And not that you can cruise around life and not take care of your soul and change the inner part of who you are as a human being, as a woman, as a participant in humanity. But the adding on the beauty, it's life changing. I mean, it really is. So I understand. And, and I wanted to extrapolate on that because I feel like it's a really, really important part of um, stepping forward in, in your power and your grace and your mercy and putting your best foot forward. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. What is your favorite word and why, Anne-Marie? My favorite word is well, my, my favorite scripture, I'll start with that, is Ecclesiastes 3.11, I think, yeah. because he makes everything beautiful in its time. Yeah. And that's me. 
it's taken me a while to get where I am. It's been a challenging walk on the rocks that I've had to climb. And sometimes there was sand, but climbing for me was more like it. The road isn't always smooth in any of our lives. And we have to accept the fact that, you know, we go through different seasons and with different seasons, we need different tools. We need different clothes. We need right. different hairdos, you know, and mm-hmm. so to recognize the seasons in our lives and then the way that we approach things to, you know, with the different seasons, we become beautiful in that season. Yes. Even if it's a season of gut-wrenching stuff happening, there's things that are happening inside. And once we get out of that tunnel, you know, that, and we see that light, which really isn't the train coming, right? Right, right. (laughs) Like this other person on the other side. And we look back and sometimes through the grace of God, we don't even recognize who that person that was back there is anymore. So, yeah. Yes. And I have to tell you, I just got super goosebumps because I just did a podcast with another amazing woman that's part of our book and has a chapter. And she said, in the process of her healing from wounds and all of that, that sometimes people would say, I don't even recognize you. You look so different. Yes. Because of the inner healing that's happening that automatically makes us more beautiful, Mm -hmm. that automatically changes how we present ourselves to the world. So I just think it's interesting. You're the second interview um, for a kingdom word now, and you have both said the same things about, inner beauty and how it shines through. That's profound. I got goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What is your least favorite word and why, Anne-Marie? Well, my least favorite word is hate because it goes against God's word and it promotes discord, which leads me to my other pet peeve word, which is survivor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there's a story behind that coming up in October when I had a breast cancer About a year later, it was uh, because I had my diagnosis and surgery towards the end of the year. So when it was coming around the next year, um, my anniversary and everything in the States, October is breast care awareness month, right? So, and the big word that they use is for people who have had breast cancer is survivor. And I I just kept hearing it. The more I heard it, the more it it just grated on me and and made me angry. And I I took it to the Lord um, because I didn't like the way that I was feeling. And I asked why it was annoying me so much. (laughs) And he said, you know, gently, that is because he had called me to thrive. He gave me the scripture Mm -hmm. of Jonathan where it says that the thief comes to kill still in the strike. Right. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So I didn't call you to survive. I called mm-hmm. you to thrive. And that's how my ministry started, teaching other people to thrive and not just be survivors. Because I think the words that we use are so important. Not that we have to, you know, just be so, you know, legalistic with the words mm-hmm. that we use, but you know, at the same time, watching how things come out of our mouth, which I also wrote my chapter for Kingdom Word now is um, is entitled For Such a Time as This. And I'll be launching a Bible study just after the book comes out about Esther and preparing ourselves for the king and all of the preparation that she went through, Mm -hmm. how important our words were, because you know, anything about her story, her words were important Uh going into the king. You know, she had to go in at the right time, say the right thing at the right time in order to gain the favor that she needed. It wasn't in a manipulative way. It was just in a very wise way. Like I say at this time. Yes. And so amazingly powerful. And I'll tell you that my chapter is about words. It's about, I think my title is the power of four letter words Mm. and the sort of the nuances, you know, people say, Oh, four letter words. And Oh, they're usually, you know, bad and negative and all that. But if you think of the beauty of four letter words, and I use the word love, hope, and I can't remember the third one, but love, hope, and a third four-letter word that are biblical. And I talk about them and I give um, backup for, you know, the, the verses that I use and all that. But the common thread between 
your chapter and my chapter is words matter. Be careful how you use them. Think about them before they leave your mouth and just pray about how you're going to uplift someone with what you say. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Super, super powerful. Thank you. Gosh, this is really neat. I'm liking this. (laughs) (laughs) What is the hardest thing that you have ever done, Anne-Marie? I think for me is the whole accident situation, learning Mm -hmm. to walk again after the car accident and everything that I needed to learn to retrain my brain to have a thriving life. It, It wasn't the same. It's not the same as it was before in many ways, but the most important things you know, have repurposed themselves. And I could say like the Shulamite woman all as well. Yeah, <laughs> Things are dying around me, but all as well, because yeah. I always look at the silver lining, even though things are happening, because I know that the Lord always turns things around for our good. And also, you know, with the whole brain thing, when we come upon a situation and we look at it from a standpoint of fear without any hope, it seizes our entire system and kind of locks us and it prevents us from really seeking answers from, from, you know, being in a place where we can even get help, you know, everything stops your, your thoughts, your, and you just come into this state of fear. And when we come from a place of hope and of peace and understanding that we're loved, you know, another great four letter word that I know is years. Um, when you come from a place of love, you just know that everything's going to be okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is, it's so, so very, very true. And I love words because they can change everything. Yes, they can. You know, I mean, one word can change can change anything and everything. So thank you for sharing that. That is is really, really powerful. And I wrote, I do show notes. And so I write down sort of profound statements and then, you know, people's links and all of that stuff. But one of the things that I just wrote, because I think it's powerful, is the most important things have a repurpose ability, even though those aren't your exact words. Mm-hmm. And I really like that thought because you know, God takes all things and makes them, you know, for good. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a repurpose. And I never thought of it with those words of repurposing. Mm -hmm. Well, everything is repurposed, you know, Genesis to revelations. And that's why I love the seasons too, because you can have the same tree, but you know, in one season, the bark's going to change. They're going to change. Everything changes. It's still the same tree, you know, but the things surrounding the tree changes and it gets better and better. Yes. Oh, I just want to sit back and relax and just like, just drink this in. It's so good. What makes you weep, Anne-Marie? I think the thing that makes me weep is what's happening in the world today. Mm, Just trafficking, the exploitation of journal of, of children, just things in general that go against the power of love you know, um, sickness, disease, you know, people walking around thinking that they have to be a certain way when they don't, you know, just for lack of knowledge, like I did all of those years. I didn't know that he was for me. I thought he was against me. I thought he was the one that was causing all of these evil, quote unquote, things in my life, you know? So those kind of things, lack of knowledge and, Mm -hmm. and just not having a vision for life and just the sadness that's around us is makes yeah. me sad. So. Yeah, I do know. Thank you for sharing that. What do you think has brought you to this point in your life? Well, <laughs> I've had a lot of physical challenges and I'm currently going through one right now and just brain trauma traumas due to the car accident. And each one has brought its own challenges and yeah. some areas more exacerbated than others. But my walk with Christ has helped me to maintain peace in my times of trouble. And when I'm feeling crushed on every side, like Paul says, (laughs) I just kind of remember him and how his hope was in the Lord. And that brings me peace. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that we need to remember that we're not alone. He's right there with us. And um, that hope, which happens to be the third word I couldn't remember. his His hope does bring us peace. And that when I think I refer to using the armor of hope, Mm -hmm. because hope 
it's a game changer. Yes. You know, when we're hopeless, we can't do anything. But, and, but when we have hope. Armor, if you think about it, you know, that armor is our shield. It's our protector. Yeah. You know, so that hope and that love is like, you know, all the fiery darts hit that first. Right. And they don't really penetrate like they would if we didn't have that on. I absolutely agree with you. Yes. Yes. So, so, so true. Well, what would you say is a singular thing that you believe has had the biggest impact on your life and bringing you success? For me, with all of the inconsistencies that I've experienced, in right. life, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one constant has been my walk with God yeah. and the support of my family. I walk every day, every moment with the Lord. He's like, the, you know, my little friend that's on my shoulder, that's with me yeah. all the time. I'm not, you know, a midweek or Sunday Christian. God's my constant friend. I talk to him all day long as if I were, you know, if, if a friend was in front of me. And I think that that really helps me out you know, through every little thing that's going on. And I try not to go anywhere that he's not going. And that closeness helps me from veering off on my own because it's, it's easier for me to just seek him. And and the closer I am and the more frequently I go, the less off track I go. Yes. Because it's easier to rein myself back in (laughs) if I only talked to him two seconds ago, as opposed to exactly right. A week ago, it's like, how'd I get over here? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I can never find this and I've never like aggressively searched for it, but I think it's an ax and there's talk about like traveling in a, like a carriage down a road. And there are like these buffers on the road, these bumpers on the road that keep the, the carriage or the chariot or whatever from going off the road. Yes. Someday I need to look it up because it's so powerful because he does do that for us. Yes. You know, he puts these buffers and like, we're going do, 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 do. Oh, bam. Oh, that's right. I got to get back on my walk with God in the middle of the road, you know? And it, it's similar to what you just said is that, you know, he's always watching out for us and we're going to fall off and we're going to go down a rabbit trail. And he's like, no, 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 back over here, you know? Yeah. So, so powerful. I think the, um, they had those, I forget the name of the movie. There, there was a movie that, that I watch every so often, especially at Easter time. And there's uh-huh. like these little, these little things that stick out from the wheel that are an extension in the wheel inside of the spokes. And it just oh. keeps you from hitting the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wow. I think it's from Ben-Hur. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's, it's a kind of protection. Yes. That's the thought that came to mind when you said, because they're long enough to where it doesn't, uh, yeah. 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 You don't, you don't crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is very good. We don't want to be doing that. No. (laughs) If you could go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say, Anne-Marie? I would say that whatever situation you're in right now, it's temporary and you can Mm -hmm. handle it. And how we handle it is what has the permanent consequences to not let the light afflictions that are happening at the current moment to have big bearing on our lives. Yeah. For instance, I was a new kid on the block when we moved here from Italy. I was only seven and I was constantly bullied um, all through school and later in life. And I just want people and kids to know that if we're in that moment, you know, like you think school's never going to end, you're going to be with these people forever and it's never going to go away. But then you look back and you think to yourself, okay, it was eight years of, of grammar school and four years of college. And then here's yes. the rest of your life. So if you look at your life as, as just this long string, there's little pieces to it. And just to understand that there's places that you can go as children and as adults that are safe places for us, um, finding a safe person and going there, even if it's in your mind, to help you at that place in life, because nothing lasts forever, you yes. know, and that is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know? it is. Um, it is. So it's temporary because I, I thought that I was going to be bullied for the rest of my life. I thought that that situation, I just didn't see an end to it, you know? Yeah. 
I thought it was going to go on forever. So every situation I've in, um, in, I now tell myself that, you know, this is temporary and I look for ways to get myself out. Not, not in a frantic way, but what can I read to help me get out? Where can I get coaching to help me in this situation? Where is this situation in the word that somebody else got themselves out already? Yes. Asking those questions that are helpful instead of, again, you know, like seizing in the situation and just being totally unhopeful. And I can understand how people can be that way because I was that way myself. So just it's temporary, you know? Yeah. And I think as you were responding what came to my mind was the title of your book for such a time as this. And yes, Esther was there at that time for such a time as this to save her people and to be a quote renegade woman in her time and all of that. But for a time such as this in every moment, you know, that the bullying, you know, it wasn't for forever. It happened for a time and you learned and you're able, I'm sure, to encourage other people that feel bullied or feel let down by the way people have treated them. So I just feel like it all is kind of not one circle, but we all go through this stuff and in every moment is for a time such as this. Yes. And I say all the time, every day is a once in a lifetime event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you look at it like that, you know, you don't get a redo, you don't get to fix, you don't get to, this is it. It's 24 hours. It's gone. You go to the next one, but to remember the beauty of it, it is a once in a lifetime event. Right. And yeah. Every moment is so much from my perspective for a time such as this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because even as you said, you know, for such a time as this, this time is never going to be again. Exactly. You know? Um, these moments that we're having together, those moments have already come. It was for that time. And now every moment, a new time is coming. And uh, I just love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that um, sort of came to me when you were saying those things was resilience, that, that you have this deep, powerful resilience and we know where it comes from, but I think that that's one of your gifts is your resilience and your ability to do really hard things gracefully so that other people can watch you and say, oh my gosh, wow, Mm -hmm. that was amazing. And she's blessing me by her resilience. So I just want to say that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the storms, I'm thinking of this old commercial and this, I have this picture in my head of, you know, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> and then, that, okay. <laughs> then you have those, those blow up things that are yes. at different businesses and they're kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Place. But, yeah. they're, but they're stationary. They're not going to fly away, hopefully, you know. Right. But it's just being able to, to just bend to the yeah. situation, get what you need, and then just come back up and stand, yes. you know, kind of yeah. like that reed, you know, where in, in right. the tree where it knows it's coming and it just kind of bends toward it, you know, so the wind can kind of go, they drink in what brings from that wind and then they just come back up. Yep. You know, beautifully stated. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What women have inspired you, Anne-Marie? Well, I've had quite a, been blessed by quite a few people in my life. My mom, uh, who's no longer with us. Um, my sister, I have a lot of friends that I've lost in the process of making a book with um, a chapter with each one of them. And I think it's going to be called, I carry you with me. Oh, wow. Because each person that has been in my life has brought something yes. to me. Yes. It's just without that Thing that they brought. Yeah. Even if it was just their presence, their words, their mannerisms. It, it was a significant factor for that time in my life. Yes. And I'm so grateful for each and every person. Like I said, a lot of them have passed away. Mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for a lot of them and a lot of characters in the Bible you know, women of strength that, that have gone, had gone through so much and, and came out. So those are uh, my people. That is wonderful. Thank you. And do you have an idea of when 
that book might be out for the world? Well, there's another one that's coming. I think it's okay to say. Oh, yeah, it's okay to say whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, in this day and age, it's like you put a title out there and and you hope it doesn't get, you know. Yeah. Well, if you just want to talk about it without the title, whatever you want to do is fine. Well, let's just say that I I was this close to being to my goal weight and, and life being, you know, just awesome. You know, we, my husband and I rocked COVID. We had ways and means to take care of ourselves, you know, through the Holy Spirit and, you know, everything was great. And then towards the end, the Lord said, I'm going to crown the year, you know, and I was, I was waiting for this big crowning. And then my brother who lived overseas, we lost track of him and, uh, we, we didn't know where he was. It's, it's, Uh it's, it's in my chapter a little bit, but Uh passed away on December 2nd of 2020. And Mm -hmm. so that led to this spiral of, which is leading to my course life lift of the the key areas in life that we kind of let go of when, when things happen, you know, our minds, our spirits, our emotions, and we just kind of go down this little spiral. So the Lord showed me one day I was putting on my makeup in the mirror and I walked away and I came back and, and I looked in the mirror and he said to me, diary of a fat and mourning post pandemic woman. And I was like, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, um, that is going to be my next project while I'm still working on the other one I carry yeah. with me. So I think that one needs to come out first because a lot of people are hurting. They don't know how yes. to handle their brains have not been taught agility, which is 100%. another thing that I teach, which means you, having the mental agility to bend like that read that we were talking. Yes. About. Mm-hmm. yes. So I'm writing that down, having been trained in agility. And I'm going to say this morning, I work out with a personal trainer on Monday and Wednesday mornings, Mm -hmm. and I've been working with him for like 20 years on and off. And so I go to the gym and on Monday mornings, there are two other gentlemen there. And one of them is an older gentleman. And so he said, Arlana, do you think all of this is going to pay off and we're going to live longer because of all this hard work we're doing in here. And I jokingly said back to him, I sure hope not. And he laughed and he said, Oh my gosh, because that is hilarious. He goes, some days I don't want to live another 50 years either. And you know, he's probably 80 something. So Mm -hmm. we just, we just laughed and joked about that. But the reason that I bring it up is because it's also important. And the, the going and working out, the making the time to take care of your soul, the catching yourself before you go all the way down the rabbit hole, you know? So the things that you're getting ready to present to the world about that, the agility, you know, the the lifting weights that gives you more agility. I mean, it's just so important. And I think that the physical agility, like the beauty part of it, that when you embark on it, when you partake in it, when you put the time into it, that the physical agility helps with the mental agility. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's all so connected and so amazing. And I just think that, you know, in the connected, in the connectedness, like from, you know, Genesis one until the end of revelations, it's all connected. Absolutely. And we're all connected. Yeah. Because it was... When I was going through that that period, uh, I I wanted to devour the word. You know, I just mm-hmm. read, 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 and and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, Lord, I don't understand this. I mean, stuff is happening here, stuff is happening there. And He said to me, "Hey, bookworm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when you pick up when you pick up uh, God's Italian to me, you know." Uh, wait, I gotta find out where in Italy you're from. So I am from a town called Civitavecchia, which means old city, which is about oh, 40 minutes uh, outside of Rome, right on the coast. Oh, oh wow! It is a big port town, you know. So uh, when when there's big cruises coming, that that is one of the big ports that they stop at. Um, uh-huh. it, there's like I think two or three ports in Italy, and that's one of them. So. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, the Lord said to me, Hey, bookworm, when you read a book, do you like go through the middle, then go to the end then go to the, you know, he goes, I want you to read my word from the beginning 
to the started Genesis. And I did that for three years. I started in Genesis and people who feel like, oh my God, I can't read the whole Bible. You can, you can do it in a year. Absolutely. Three chapters a day is all it takes to do the whole Bible Mm -hmm. is three chapters a day. Yeah. So there's such a thread that goes from the beginning to the end and it's so powerful and beautiful. It absolutely is. And I find even in the the sections where it's like a lineage, you know, and it's, oh, this is some of that and that's some of this and this is some of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Or how about Leviticus? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Keep reading. Keep reading. Uh, I know. I, know. That one, I think that one I do like six chapters a day just to get through it quickly. Just to get it but done. I, I also, I also, one thing that helped, helped me was I, I say to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to read because of all things when I was <laughs> laying flat on my on my on my bed there I read revelations twice while I was in the hospital mm-hmm. I was in a few months but what a place to start is revelation and I right. say I <laughs> obey and read and trust that whatever I'm reading is going to go into my heart and at the time yes. that I need it it'll be there and you'll yeah call it out to me because I have no idea why you're asking me to read here. Yes. Most new Christians, what they start with John, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Gentle and oh, John loves everybody and John's so sweet and oh the word was flesh. And yeah. And then it's like, yeah, go to Second Kings. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that in my chapter I reference this, but I've re- referenced this the entire time that I have been a Christian and it's my favorite verse and it's Psalm 119.11. And it says, I have hidden your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. And exactly what you just said about God, why you got me reading revelations and I got to read it twice. Like what? Mm-hmm. But he was putting the word into your heart. And I feel like when I have the word in my heart, I am protected. I have everything that I need because I'm full of him. You know, and it's just, it's so important reading the word, knowing the word, hearing the word. It's super, super powerful. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. (laughs) What soul care practices do you do and how do they make you feel? Well, for me, I like waking up early every morning when everything is mm-hmm. quiet. I make myself a cup of tea and I have some time alone with God. I love to study the word. Um, so I dig deep and get into it. And um, sometimes I go down rabbit trails, but because um, I, you know, as we were talking about before about words, I, yes. I could read different versions and mm-hmm. what this word means. So I keep going down these little. Uh, you know, rabbit trails, but I like doing that really early in the morning because I find that um, it just gets my mind prepared. Um, Like this peace that's there with that quietness, you know, and then if something happens throughout the day, I just kind of, you know, like that's my hiding place. Like Psalm 91 says, you know, under the secret place of the most high, I can go back in my mind to that time. And that's like my, my little hoopah that I get under, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, help me. And like, when it starts to rain, that's my umbrella yeah. was that time in the morning. And I just go back there and it brings me the strength and the, the peace that I need. You know, it's like, you know, being in a relationship with someone and you remember those really special times and you keep going back to them because they make you happy. You know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And and I'm the same way. I am early in the morning. And as you stated, the world's not up yet. It's yeah. quiet. It's peaceful. God's presence feels even more present because things aren't happening yet. And that is like my sweet spot. Yes. I need that mm-hmm. to function properly and to be strong and to navigate the day and, you know, all the things that you just said. So yes, yes, super important. You know, as one of the things that I I teach in my courses is understanding when that time is for you. Not everybody's yes. an early bird, mm-hmm. you know, but there's those powerful moments where this is your peak time. And if you yes. really were present in that time and you utilized that energy, you would be able to accomplish so much more knowing that, you know, like, why do they call TV prime time? You know, that's your prime. Right. And that's when the best stuff happens when you see the best stuff. So recognizing when your prime time is in the day. Right. 
you know, is so important to how we, you know, how we function. It is. And that is such a powerful way of looking at it. It's a powerful statement because as you said, everybody's different. And I never thought about it like that. You know, for me, because four o'clock in the morning is like my favorite thing. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's a natural rhythm for me. You know, I mean, sometimes I let myself sleep late. You know, if I haven't awakened by six, my alarm goes up. But four o'clock is like the sweet spot. I'm up at that time often, often, often. But by three o'clock, I'm like, yeah, my brain's done. (laughs) But some people are the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, four, five, six, seven. And so what I'm saying is what you said is so powerful. And I hadn't thought about it like that for other people. I mean, I know how it works for me, Mm -hmm. but to to have listeners and and your clients and, and people think about it that way. Like what's my prime time. Right. And, you know, even, you know, think about it this way. I I have my old pastor's wife from years ago when I first became a Christian and started going to a non-denominational church that um, she was such a sweetheart, you know? And one day we got talking about, you know, this particular subject and she's like, yeah, she goes, I'm not really a morning person. I read my Bible at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You don't start your day with God, but she starts her day with God, just not in a different way. Time, her prime time is then, you know, and she gets more out of reading the word later on at night than she does in the morning. So recognizing that not everybody's the same, the five o'clock club is great. But if you're not going to function at five o'clock and you're not going to function properly, don't beat yourself over the head and keep trying it up at five when that is not the best time for you. So I release you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, claim it. That, but still, in everything that you said, so powerful. It's like, know your time mm-hmm. to get your best work done, whatever that works looks like. If that if that is your soul care, if that is whatever it is, but prime time, I'm loving it. Have you ever experienced deprivation of the soul? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots yeah. of times. Mm-hmm. Um, things, you know, throughout my life, there were very dark periods for some lasted a long time. I'm talking years. Mm-hmm. And some lasted moments. Um, there were a lot of disappointments and I lacked the freedom that I needed to live the life that was in my heart. So I made poor decisions because I didn't know how to express myself. Yeah. And I often felt misunderstood and like I was out in the cold, you know, everybody else was having a great life except me. Mm-hmm. And Um, you know, with that bullying and not being feeling accepted, a lot of times I felt alone. And when those things were happening, because it wasn't just that one accident, there was multiples and believe it or not, none of them were my fault, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, God, for real, you know, and then, and then cancer and subsequent surgeries and stuff happening after that. And it's like, you know, how, how they say, it's, it's just, you can't make this stuff up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so feeling that darkness many times, I, and now I'm just like, okay, why? Meaning what's the purpose? Let's, right. let's figure right. it out. Let's stay close to as close to God as we can get under his wings. What can we learn and then move forward? Because, you know, a lot of times I know there's different schools of thought about this, but I'm looking back at my life and I can honestly say that a lot of times I caused my own stuff to happen mm-hmm. by the way I thought, by the words that I said, my attitude, uh-huh. you know, you know, especially before my relationship with Christ, my deep relationship with him. So, you know, <laughs> funny story. Yeah. Remember when eggs were like four or five dollars a, a cart, yes. right? I'm just <laughs> making breakfast, right? And I'm thinking of this course that I'm putting together and mental agility and stuff like that. And I went to go get the eggs out and they almost slipped out of my hand. And I thought, oh my gosh, I had like five eggs, you know, like half a dozen eggs because I was making this big omelet omelet. And I thought to myself, man, that's like $4 on the floor. And I went to the counter and I started putting the omelet together. And I kid you not, within seconds, I don't know what I did with my fork or maybe my shirt got got caught up in the bowl and, and the bowl started sliding out and the eggs started going for the floor. And it was like, that's how powerful our thoughts are. Yes. You know? they uh, are. And it was just like, hey, 
watch what you think. <laughs> yes, it's so true. I mean, that, I know it sounds example. stupid and a lot of people think that it's hooky, but I can tell you with me, even with my surgery that I had, you know, for, for my breast cancer, <laughs> if I could be so bold, my friend, bold. my friend and I were talking about, you know, what we, you know, Hey, we're getting older. What, you know, this was years before it happened. Right. And, and she's very well endowed. And so she was like, yeah, I, I think I want to get a reduction because her back was really hurting mm-hmm. you know, a lot. And I was like, I think I want to get a lollipop. She goes, what the heck is that? I said, that is when they, they just lift you up and this is how they do it, whatever. So after like maybe a year, year and a half, maybe, maybe two years, I don't even know when it happened. I was getting, you know, out of the shower and preparing myself. And I looked in the mirror and I thought, that conversation just came to me because (laughs) my scar looks like a lollipop. Oh my God. It was like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's TMI, but it's like the Lord. Not at all. I hear we are women here. And I'm I'm with you, you know, and even though, even though it, again, a tumultuous time in life, I look back and I think of how the Lord took care of me, how, you know, when I got out of the hospital, it was like, you have no core because, you know, you right. lift yeah. your arms, you can't lift yeah. the type of right. surgery I had anyway. I, I had no, you know, like my stomach wasn't really there, so I couldn't move. And I'm like, Jesus, why did they let me out so early? My bed was moving me. And we had had my dad in our home. Uh, we had the privilege of taking care of him before he passed. Uh-huh. And uh said to me, he said, You have a beautiful chair in the other room that could act as your hospital bed. So the uh recliner that was in there became my my oh. hospital bed, you know. So during the day we would sit in there, my husband was taking care of me and he would lay in the bed and I would sit in the chair and we'd watch TV, yeah. we would talk, and it was just such a beautiful, beautiful time. So Take the oil that comes, the wine that comes from all the pressing of yeah. things that you go through, and uh, and just it's it's a beautiful vintage. And when you drink yes. it, it'll be sweet. It is. It's perfect. Yes. It's perfect. Wow! 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 Well, a final question with all of this amazing conversation and wisdom. What would you say is your path? piece right now that you're working on or thinking about or doing? Well, I have a few things, like I said, that are, that are coming out that are in the mm-hmm. world and ready to launch. Um, the compilation chapter is one. And then that's like a little excerpt um, with then some that my preparation for the King, the book on Esther is going to come out as well. Um, it's about her walk and self-care s- sprinkled throughout with, you know, some triumph over grief. The second one is a 31-day devotional that's going to be coming out. It's like a little series, Preparing Our Hearts for the King for Christmas. It's a Christmas journey. Nice. Yes. And then the third is a course um, to help give life to the lives of others by helping them, you know, to be whole in their spirit, souls, bodies, their finances, um, the key key areas that we struggle with and struggle in sometimes. And uh, so those things are coming out. It's, It's called Life Lift. And we're going to be starting on September 11th. <laughs> um, nice. So it's just lifting ourselves up in those areas. Cause I think that it's so easy to let our bodies finances and, and you know, they're all interconnected and I talk about how they're interconnected. Yes. And uh, so those are the things that are coming out immediately, those three things. And then hopefully in January, the fat and morning and I carry you with me just after that. So yes, um, there's well, things that have been in the works for years and yeah, just uh-huh. pulling them out now, you know, they're, they're coming to fruition, which is how it goes. A lot of times I have a couple of books that have been hanging around for, you know, decades mm-hmm. and, and they'll show up, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, time is, this? Time is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, any final thoughts, Anne Marie? No, I just, um, I don't think so. I just um, encourage yourselves in the Lord. You know, there's never going to be anybody else like you. Yes. The world needs you. Not not a a piece of somebody else within you, but the world needs you. Yes. Just don't bully yourself. 
and beat yourself up trying to be somebody else and molding yourself into something that God didn't create you to be. Just who the Lord created you. Let him rough sand down the edges and be who he made you to be to the world. The grass is not greener on the other side. Stick on your side and and it'll grow and, and the Lord will show you your best season, your time, and what to do during this time. Amen. 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 I could say it a thousand times. Amen. That is so beautiful and so powerful Mm -hmm. and such a great way to end our amazing conversation today. And I thank you for taking the time, for making the time, for being patient with me as I traveled and did this and changed dates and did all of those things. I just appreciate your grace. And um, I want to remind everyone of the book that we're working on together, A A Kingdom Word Now, and Anne-Marie's chapter 16, For Such a Time as This. It's coming out soon. So just be aware of that. And is do you have a website that people can find you? We we thrive at life.com. Uh, Anne Marie thrives on Facebook. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel that I'm uploading videos onto called uh, We Thrive at Life. And I think your your book is um what are you after me, I think, in the book. I think, yeah, I'm, I think I'm 17. 17. Yes. I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool as well. Well, I'll put all your contact information in the show notes along with some excerpts from this amazing conversation. And I thank you more than words can express for being my guest today. Thank you. I so appreciated this time with you. Thank you. Be blessed. You too. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Renegade Women and Soul Care podcast series. Currently, I'm interviewing women that are part of a devotional book that I have a chapter in that is called A Kingdom Word Now. These mighty and powerful authors share their thoughts about working on this book and their thoughts on soul care and their thoughts on following the leadership of God. I hope that you find them empowering and I hope that you will share them with others. You can reach me for all things soul care at arlana at therubyredslippers.com. I hope and pray for you to have peaceful nights and gentle days. And I want to remind you to always make time for soul care and soul prayer. Thank you for listening. Bye.